Good evening. Hope you're all well. Today we are learning Maseches Baba Kama Daf Tzadi Dalad, and we're starting about eight lines or so from the bottom of Tzadi Gimel Amud Beis, and we're going to be getting into a deeper conversation now about the halachos of kinyanim as it relates to a gazlan. So typically, if I steal something and the item remains as is, I just return the item to you. That's Mufurish Apasik and Chumash, Asher Gazal. Yesterday, as we began the parak of Hagoza, which speaks about these things, um, if I steal something and then I make a change of significance, if that change of significance is significant enough, then the change I made to your item makes it mine. And then instead of me having to return the item itself, the item that I've modified, instead, I have to pay you the financial equivalent. So here we're going to be discussing this idea in more length. Amar Abaye, eight lines from the bottom of Tzadi Gimel Amad Beis, Reb Shimon ben Yehuda, Ubei Shammai, Reb Lozer ben Yaakov, Reb Shimon ben Elozer, Reb Yishmael, all of these people, Kulhu Svira Lehu Shinui B'makom Omer, that the change is just a change, and it's not significant. And what that means is that if I do steal something from you, then even if I make a modification, it seems to be, and we'll have to see exactly how this stems with our Mishnah, it seems to be that the change is insignificant, and therefore, if I'm the Gazlan, I don't get to keep that item. I still have to return the item, seemingly even with its modifications. Now let's figure out what each of these sheets speak about. Five lines from the bottom, Reb Shimon ben Yehuda Hada Amran. We learned his shita yesterday. And he uh, is of the opinion that Shinui b'mak b'makoma omed, that uh, the change is deemed insignificant. Beishamai, where do we see that Beishamai is of the opinion that if a godland makes a change, that his change is insignificant as it relates to his ownership, Maihi, Titania. We have a brysa. Nasan lochitin be'es nana ve'asasan solas. Let's say that a man was with a zona, and as a form of payment, he gave chitin, he gave wheat. She, in turn, accepted the wheat and then processed it into flour. So if she made that change, is that considered enough of a change that that which he gave her can then be used for the mizbeach? We typically assume that if a man, for example, were to give a woman an animal as uh, as payment for znos, that that animal is not shayach for the mizbeach. But let's say here she got wheat and she changed it. Is that enough of a change? Or zeisim v'asa'asan shemen. Or if a man gave the woman olives and she made it into olive oil. Anavim, if a man gave her grapes v'asa'asan yayim. And she then in turn turned it into wine. Are these changes sufficient to make it that they can then be used in the Beis HaMikdash. Again, we know that the actual gift itself cannot be used in the Mizbeach. However, is this change, is this evolution of that original item sufficient in order to assume that it can then be used in the Mizbeach? So, we see two lines from the bottom of the page, Tani Chada Aser V'tanya Idach Mutter. The Machlokas uh, and the Gemara says, Yosef, Tani Gurion, turning to the top of Tzadi Asporak. Rashi says that's a shame, Makom. He was from that, this place. His name was Gurion. He says, Beishamai is Osrin. Beishamai says that the item that I gave her, that she then changed to another form, remains Usr in the Beishamikdash. What does that tell you? That the Shinui was not sufficient. There is no such thing as a significant shinui. Even if he even if he gave her wheat and she in turn turned it into flour, Afalpi that it's unrecognizable because what she originally received was stalks of wheat, and now all she has is flour. Lamaisa says Beishamai that that is still considered Asr to be brought in the Mizbech because the Shinui was an insufficient Shinui. Ube Matira. 
And we're going to drill down into the lambdas of each shita. And the Gemara says on the top of Tzadi Dal and Aleph as follows. What's the reason of Beishamai? Why he says that this change is insufficient. That if I if a man gives the zona wheat and she turns it into flour, that even the flour can't be used in the Mizbech, says the Gemara, because Amar Kra. Gam shenehem lerabo shinu yehem. He learns from Adrasha that the word gam teaches us that not only is the item itself uh, going to be prohibited for the woman to use in the Beis Hamikdash because it was for his nose, but even shinu yehem, even something that was modified, also cannot be used. Ayu hillel. What does he say? Well, no problem. He has another part of the pasuk from which he learns. Amar kra heim velo shinu yehem. Only them, only the item that was given is restricted for use in the Beis Hamikdash, but not their not their evolutions, not their iterations. So if, if a man, according to Beis Hillel, were to give her chitin and she turned it into solas, so the chitin cannot be used, that's esnan zona. Masha'enkein, the shinuyim are allowed to be used. Machlokes, Beis Shammai, Beis Hillel, Beis Hillel is a mekel. Says the Gemara, Beis what do you do with Beis Hillel's pasuk? So he says, don't worry, Beis has it all figured out. Ahumi boile, heim v'lov l'adosehen, heim v'lov l'adosehen. That Beis says, that what we learn from the word haim is that let's say a man gives a, a zona, a cow, a pregnant cow, and then the cow has a baby. So the calf that was born is mutter to be used in the Mizbeach. That's excluded from the prohibition. And therefore, if she were to receive this pregnant cow, she can't use that the cow, the mother cow. She cannot use the mother cow for anything in the Mizbeach. But if there's a baby that's born, that derivation is considered valid um, a valid form of gift for the Beis HaMikdash. Who Beis Hillel, what does he say? Tarte shamas mina. Heim veloshinu yehem, heim velo He actually learns two things from the word heim, and therefore we now understand our machlokas between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel very clearly. Does the Gemara wait one second? There's one thing that we forgot to do. We cross-checked uh, the Marimakomos of Beis Hillel with Beis Shammai, but we didn't cross-check the Marimakomos of Beis Shammai with Beis Hillel. And the Gemara says seven lines down on Tzadi Dalamadal, who is Hilonami Haksiv Gam. If you look at the second line, we saw that the reason why Beishamai said that the Shinui of Chitin to Solas is not considered valid is because of the drush of Gam. It says Gam, and, and Beishamai said, So what does Beis Hillel do with the word Gam? The Gemara says, Gam, the Beis Hillel, Kashia. We've actually seen this Gemara before, and Lemaisa, uh, we do view the drush of the word gam for Beis Hillel as unclear. We don't know, at least not in the Gemara itself, the Rishonim, I'm sure, will spend time on this. But from the Gemara itself, it seems that Beis, that, I, that the way Beis Shammai learned this Pasuk is a little unclear for us. We understood how he used the word Haim and that he learned two things from Haim. Haim uh, that we saw earlier, Haim Veloshinu Yehem, and Haim Velovladosem, but we don't know what he does with the word gam or how he explains it. Nevertheless, as we started, there were a whole host of people who agreed that changes are insignificant. The first Marimakam was really from yesterday, where we saw Rab Shimon ben Elazar, uh, where we saw Rab Shimon ben Yehuda, and then we just learned Be Shammai. Who's next on the list? Rab Elazar ben Yaakov. Where do we see that, according to Rab Elazar ben Yaakov, that a Shinui is insignificant as it relates to a Gazlan, and even if he makes changes, he has to give back the item as it stands? Says the Gemara, Mayhi Titania. Rab Elazar ben Yaakov Omer. Uh, if I take a, a saw of chitin, of wheat, I take a significant amount of wheat, tachna, I grind it down into flour, lasha, I add water and make it into dough, and I bake it, and I separate 
the half rasha schala. As we know that when we separate the right amount of half rasha schala, and just to interject, we're fairly familiar that today the threshold of when we make a bracha half rasha schala is the equivalent to five pounds of flour. So in such a case, Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov in this brisa says, Ketzad mevarech. How can you make a bracha on this? Hare, you stole the sa'ashal chitin to start with. And nevertheless, I stole X, but then I took that and I ground it up and I added water and I baked it and I was mafresh chala. Still, he says, it's not appropriate to make a bracha. To make this bracha, you're considered a blasphemer. Let me read that pasuk properly. Um, excuse me, that a person who makes this bracha, they're a niet, they're, they're a blasphemer. So we see from here that he holds that the changes were insignificant because if the changes that were done to the chitin that I stole were real, then Pashara would be obligated to make a bracha on this chala, on the hafrasha chala, because I own it. It must be that I don't own it. It must be that I still have to give back that item, even though it's in a modified form. I stole chitin. I'm giving this guy uh, eight chalas back as uh, as what I stole. Yes, that's the din. The din is that. And you should not be mafresh chala on it. They're not yours. And the next shita, a quarter, a fifth of the way down, and Sadi Dalad Amadala, Rib Shimon ben Elazar, Maihi. What's the marimakum of Rib Shimon ben Elazar? That he holds that a change in the item that a godlin stole is insignificant. Titania. Klauze Omar Reb Shimon ben Elazar. That any improvement that happened while I stole something, if it's in my property and I improve it, so then my hand, I have the upper hand. What does this mean? That I, as the Goslin, have the upper hand? So let's say I steal your car, but I upgrade it. I give it new hubcaps. I repaint it. I reupholster it. I put money into your car. I stole your $50,000 car. Now your car is worth $70,000. So it says the Gemara that the Gazlan has the upper hand. Ratza notel shivcho. If he wants, if the Gazlan wants, I can give you back the $50,000 car. But because there's $20,000 of additions and improvements, you, the Bailim, have to give me $20,000 for my expenses. And Ratza, but I can also, I get to choose as the Gazlan. Ratza omerlo hareshel chalafanecha. Uh, or if under a circumstance uh, it's not so nice, you can just give it back as is. So this is a little bit cryptic. My Ka'amar, what does this mean? Says the Gemara, Amar Rav Sheshes, Hachi Ka'amar. This is what Rib Shimon ben Elazar means to say in the Brisa. Ishpicha, if while the item that I stole improved in my property, no till Shivcho, then I get to collect on the additions that I added to your item. But if, in fact, the value went down, I stole your car, I didn't take care of it, it started to rust, the wheels are falling apart, the chulay, then, because after all, so the reason why, if I if I take your car and I don't take care of it, I steal it, and now it's all rusty, I can just give it back to you. The reason why I can give it back to you is because the shinuyim that were made to the car, not shinuyim, really, the shinuyim, the shinuyim leaves the original item as is. So asks the Gemara, if when I give you an item, I lower its quality and still I'm allowed to just give it back to you because it should also be the case that when I give back an item that's more expensive, I shouldn't have to pay for that because the changes that I made were a zero. If when I steal something and I lower its value, I'm not responsible to pay you for 
the um, uh, for the reduction in cost of that item, then the fact that I repainted your car and changed the hubcaps and reupholstered the car, that's not your problem. <laughs> that's my problem. I, I spent money on your car when I shouldn't have. So why is it that when the cost is lowered, when there's a depreciation, I don't have to pay you the depreciation, but when there's an appreciation, then you have to pay me for the appreciation. It's a stira. That doesn't make sense. Either we say the shinui matters or it doesn't. So to this, the Gemara says, Amre, no. The reason we make a distinction is that if I steal your car and I make a lot of improvements, I've invested money into your car. If we don't have a scenario whereby I can return the car to you and get paid back for the improvements that I put in, we're concerned that I won't ever give it back. And therefore, says the Gemara, because we want it to be the case that people can do tshuva, we therefore built into the halachic framework that even though I, the Gazlan, stole your car and improved it by $20,000, even though really technically, Medina, there's really nothing to say in regards to what I added. Really, the halachic change to your car shouldn't have ever happened. And therefore, really, Mido Raisa, you have no obligation to pay me for the shvach, for the appreciation that I did to your car. Nevertheless, Midirabanan, we do require you, the Bailim, to pay me the Gazlan for the appreciation that I added to your car, because otherwise, I might not do tshuva. Let's move on to the next shita. We're about a third of the way down on Sadi Dalaramad Aleph. The Gemara says, let's learn the shita, Rabbi Yishmael, and how we know that he is of the opinion that um, that a Kenyan, that I that changes that I make to an item that I stole are really irrelevant. My, my, he, the Tanya, mitzvahs peah lahafrish min Really, when I'm separating out peah for poor people, I should leave them growing in the ground. Don't even bother, bother cutting them down. If I fail to do so, lo hifrish min hakama, then mafrish min haomrim. If I fail to do that, then I should allow the poor people to collect from the piles that I've made. Emor is actually one of the malachos del raisar, Shabbos, Ayin, Gimel. The Gemara there speaks about the 39 malachos, and one of them is Emor, where from the outside, it's you, you cut down the plants, and then you bring them into a pile together. You gather all the stalks of corn together. Now machines do that, and it's not even really gathered into a pile outside. It's really into, into a machine. But back in the day, they would gather everything in a pile. That's a malacha del raisar. So here, it's not Shabbos. So here, if I don't leave it for the poor people in the stocks. So then when I actually do put it into a pile on a Tuesday, then that's the, the appropriate time for the poor person to take. However, if I didn't give over to the poor people when the corn was sitting in a pile in the field, then then after I move it from the ground into a basket, now I have a whole big basket of corn. So there, that's where you should take from. And that's only ad shalom mercho. That's only until the time that I, as the the bal hakri, where I uh, smooth out the kri to make it all sit nicely in the container that it's in. Once I do that mercho, once I do spread it out, so then you can't take from the kri anymore. But rather maaser, then I have to give meiser properly because the chiyuv of uh, of peah really changes here. And now because I haven't done my job properly, once I was memareach, now I first have to give meiser because there's a chiyuv meiser now on the peah. Normal. Normally, pay is given pre, it's it's pre-tax dollars. It lowers your, to speak in our parlance, it lowers your tax obligations because if I'm giving you a little bit of free while it's still attached to the ground, that's actually a good thing. And now I have to give my sir on that, on even on the paya. And then, and then I have to give you the paya. And Mishum Rabbi Shmuel Amru, af mafresh min ha'isa, no. You can even be mafresh once it's turned into dough. Let's say we're talking about wheat, what do we see from here? That the changes that we've made are not relevant. 
if I steal from you, if I don't really, it's not really stealing. If I don't leave over your payah, even if I process your payah from growing stocks all the way to baked goods, Allah Chalamaisa, Rabbi Shmuel says that we're mafresh even min ha'isa, we're even going to be mafresh from the dough. What does that show you? That shows you that the changes are really insignificant. And he is yet another shita that shows us this. So this is really what Abai is doing over this first uh, three quarters of an amud, the last eight lines of the previous page up to the halfway mark where we are, is that he's trying to tell us that shinui b'mekomo omid, that these five, six different shitas in the Tanoim and Amoraim all seem to hold that if I as the gazlan steal something and I make changes to an item, the changes are not relevant and I have to give back the item as is. Very good. Amar le Rav Papa. Rav Papa halfway down says the Abaye, because Abaye was the one who just said the last 50 lines of Gemara, 40 lines of Gemara. So he says to Abaye, I'm not, I'm not following. Ichpal kol tana, you've doubled and uh, tripled and quadrupled all, you've stacked up all of these different shitas who all seem to hold that uh, that there's no Kenyan. And you did so tonight, you gathered all them Lashmin and Kibbe Shammai. You, you gathered all of them to agree with Beisham. I remember the Bryce at the very top of the page, which is where today's conversation in earnest really started. Because Beisham, I said, in regards to uh, the case of the Esnan Zona, it was Beishamai who said that the changes that took place with the gift to the Zona, if I gave, if a man gave a woman a Zona, gave her wheat and she turned it into flour, still us her to give the flour in the base of Mikdash, which means that the change of grinding it into the into the flour was irrelevant. And everybody's aligning. We don't even paskin like him. We paskin like Beis Shammai. I mean, we paskin like Beis Hillel. And Beis Hillel is of the opinion that that change is a significant change. And whereas Beis Shammai wouldn't allow the flour to be brought as a korban mincha, Beis Hillel would. So Abaye, what are you doing? Are you stacking the deck to try to find Mara Mekomos that agree with Beis Shammai? That's against our system. Why would you do that? Omar Lay Abaye retorts back to Rapapa as follows. Really, he says to Rapapa, here's what everybody's saying. What Abaye is saying is that you have a misunderstanding of that brisa, the brisa that began on the bottom of Tzadi Gimel Amid Beis and wraps up to the top of Tzadi Dalam and Alf Arsugya about an Estan Zona. You've misunderstood. There is no machlokes beishamai beisil. Everyone agrees, like the Brisa presented beishamai, which is that if a man gives a zona chitin and she changes it into flour, the change is insignificant. And because the change is insignificant, so therefore we're in a scenario now where that flour um, equally cannot be given as an Esnan Zona. But uh, the Gemara is pointing out that Abai is pushing back out in Rapapa and saying it's not just Beishama who holds that way. Everybody does. Omar Rava. Rava now says to Abaye, okay, I see your list of Mari Makomos. You told me that Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, Beishamai, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, Rabbi Shmuel, all these names, you all said that they indicated that we were talking about a case of Shinoi ben Makomo Omid, that if I steal something from you, that the change that's made is insignificant, and therefore, as a Gazlan, I just have to give it back to you as is. Says Rava, why would you say that? And Rava, in a very short and terse form, undermines all of the Mari Makomos that we just learned. Take a look at this. Amarava, Mimai, Dilma, perhaps in the one Mari Makom we didn't learn today, but yesterday. Perhaps the only reason why we said that the color dye that we put in the wool, perhaps the only reason why that wouldn't work is because it was a color that was removable. 
And that's why with the Shita Rib Shimon Ben Yehuda that we learned yesterday was a, was a makel to say that the change was insignificant. But had it been a permanent tie, maybe he wouldn't say that. And Ve'ad Kan Lokamre Beishama in regards to the Esnan Zona, maybe only there because we're interacting with the Beis HaMikdash and Demais, that's that, that, the image, that, that's disgusting. You can't take something that's a chilek of an Avera Doraisa and use it on the Mizbech. But by other things, perhaps it, uh, it wouldn't be so bad to do that. The Adkan, perhaps, over there, when we were talking about the case of Afrasha Schala, when Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov was of the opinion that you can't even make a bracha in Zemavarech Elamanites, perhaps that's only true. Because you're trying to perform the mitzvah of Chala well, with something you've stolen. Maybe if I'm stealing and I'm using it without dealing with a mitzvah, perhaps the din would be different. And also, two-thirds of the way down, a little bit more hasam, perhaps by his case, we were only talking about a reduction in the size of an animal, he became emaciated, but soon he'll come back to his own weight now that he's eating regularly. And perhaps as well, but by perhaps by Peah the din is different because we have the extra word of Ta'azov. And therefore, the din by Peah should be different than everywhere else. So this is what um, Rava pushes back on Abai. You want to say that everybody actually holds that Shinui B'mekoma Omed? No, maybe not. Maybe it's not Shinui B'mekoma Omed. Maybe just in those, there were unique quirks in the particular cases that you had that it appeared that it was Shinui B'mekoma Omed. But really it's not true. And really maybe the Shinuiim do taka hurt, do taka cause a change in general. And therefore a Gazlan who makes a change would not have to give back the original item. And Vechitema, if you want to say Ligmormine, you should learn from the word tazo. You should learn from peya to all the other areas that we just learned. Says the Gemara, you cannot learn from peya to other areas because there's a huge uniqueness in the world of peya. What's that? Says the Gemara, mat no sanim shiny. The, mat, the matanos that go to poor people are different. They're not typical and they are not to be viewed and expanded to other case scenarios. The Gemara continues. Uh, this actually, this idea that we just shared that Mat uh, no are different is reflected by Rabbi Yonasan in the following. The boy Rabbi Yonasan, my time at Rabbi Shmuel. What is the reason of Rabbi Shmuel who says what he says by Peya? Is it Mishum de Kasavar Shinui Eno Kone? Is it because Rabbi Shmuel was of the opinion that Shinuyim don't make a difference? But here things are perhaps different. So we can already see in Rabbi Yonasan's phraseology, we can see that Rabbi Shmuel perhaps is saying that the Shinui is, is not the issue, but it's only because of the word Tazo. And if in fact it were to be the case, Rabbi Shmuel were to hold that, uh, if it were to be the case that he would hold that Shinui is not Kona, then what does he do with Tazov Yisrael to cause Rachman Alamali? Then what then would he do with it? Alamai must be that Rabbi Shmuel learns it the way that we thought he did. And furthermore, what would the rabbis also do with this? We'd have to figure out the machlokas over there in Peya. We'd have to figure out what the rabbanon would do. So the Gemara says, don't worry. We actually need the word Tazo for the following brysa. This brysa is uh, found earlier in this Masechta and in the Dharam and in Chulan and Tmur and Nidat all over the place. Let's say that on Monday morning, I 
I am mafkir my entire vineyard. And then vihishkim la And the next day I woke up, ubitro, uh, and then I and then I harvested everything. Vihishkim la ubitro, and in the morning I harvested everything. The din is amchayev in all of the various forms of tzedakah of uh, of the matnosanim. Chayev bepera tu beolulos ubeshikcho bepeya. And the Gemara says that I'm Pater from Meiser. And this comes from the word Ta'azov. So that's how the Gemara would answer. So that's why Rava doesn't really like Abayi's approach. What do we do? He says that the Halacha is like Reb Shimon ben Elazar. What does Reb Shimon ben Elazar hold? So that was one of the sugyas that we learned in the in the Gemara a little bit earlier, about a quarter of the way down. We were talking about the case of Kol Shvachshi Shbiach Gazlan Yado Al Ha'ezyona, that the Gazlan had the upper hand. So it says the Gemara. Wait one second. Four lines before the wide lines, eight lines before the end of the page on Sadi Dalad Medalev. The Gemara says, Umi Amar Shmuel Hachi. Did Shmuel really say that the halacha is like Reb Shimon ben Elazar? After all, we don't measure, in this case, talking about the dead body of an animal for a Gazlan or for uh, a Ghana or a Gazlan, the only time we ever measure is in regards to cases where we're talking about Nizakin, but not cases of death. And now remember, we have a machlokas, Rava and Abai. Rava said that it's Labdafka that all of these cases were talking about Shinui, uh, Kone or not. And Abai said they all were. So, according to Rava, who reinterpreted Rav Shimon ben Elazar to say that if I steal your animal and it becomes emaciated in my care, there it's a hakasha, it is a reduction, it is a depreciation in the animal. But it's Dadar. We'll get we'll we'll get him back to health. He'll become bigger again. So then Lokasha ki ka'amar halacha kribshim ben Elazar the shinu mekoma omed be'akasha dadar. That in that case, when we saw that there was shinu be'mekoma omed, when do we say that shinu is be'mekoma omed? That's only by a kasha dadar, by a reduction, by a depreciation in an animal. That's going to go back to where it was. And v'chi ka'amar shmuel hasam ein shamin lo leganav lo leganav lo lanizakin. That was be'akasha dadar. We're able to work out all the Mari Mekomos is that according to according to this Shita Rib Shimon Ben Elazar, if a change is permanent, okay, so then that's one din. Then that one din is a real problem. It's a real shinui to the item. But if the change is not permanent, um, let's say the animal's emaciated, it lost 20 pounds, I could get it back to where it belongs, or I dyed something with a temporary diet, I could get that to where it was before, no problem at all. So that would be how Rava wriggles out of everything. Ella, two lines from the bottom, Le'abaye, according to the Shita Babaye, Do'amar ki ka'amar rashba, be'akhasha de'lohadar ka'amar, that in the case of Rav Shem ben Elazar, we were talking about a permanent change. So then, how would he explain things? Because after all, we now have a stira. We don't have a way to say that sometimes it's permanent, sometimes it's not. He explained the case as permanent, that the changes were permanent. So the Gemara says, Abai Masni Hachi. Abai actually learned uh, the Memra that we learned six lines ago a little bit differently. Meaning, eight lines before the bottom of the page where it says, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, Halacha, Kribshim, Ben Elazar, Abai learns that line differently. And on the last line, he says, Hachi Amar Masni Hachi, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, got the name right, same people. And what does he say that Shmuel sang in the name of Rabbi Yehuda? Amru halacha, Kribshim, Ben Elazar. There were those who said that halacha is like Kribshim, Ben Elazar. Vilei. 
low sphere. But but according to him, uh, but according to Yehuda Marshmul, he himself doesn't actually hold that way. And that is how we get out of this problem. The Gemara on Tzadi Dalad Amit Beis, and we'll be going to the top of Tzadi Hayamad Aleph, says as follows. Amr of Chia Bar Abba, Amr of Yochanan, Dover Torah. We have a din Doraisa. If you have something that is stolen, we always presume that it goes back to the way that it was, meaning it's always returned. That's the Pasuk. And what's the Drasha? Mikol Makom. No matter what, if I steal your item, I update the hubcaps, I repaint your car, I reupholster your car, I have to give it back. Mikol Makom. Aivim Tomar Mishnah Senu. What about our Mishnah? Our Mishnah indicates that it's seemingly not that way. Because if you look back at the beginning of the parak, it says, You pay. Or the other case was, How does that fit with our Mishnah? So the Gemara says that our Mishnah, which says you have to pay back the value, but you, the Gazlan, get to keep the item, that's Mishum Takonos Hashavim. That's only because we want to enable people to have tshuva. And if I spent $20,000 investing in your car that I stole, it may be too high of a burden, too big of a challenge for me to return your car, and therefore I might not return it. Says the Gemara, Mi Amar Rav Yochanan Hachi. Did Rav Yochanan really say this idea that we just learned at the top of the page? The Amar Rav Yochanan Halacha Kista Mishnah. We know in general that Rav Yochanan holds like an anonymous Mishnah. And it says that if you didn't Get to give the reishi sagez over to the coin before you dyed the wool. So then your putter, which means that the change actually took place. But we just said at the top of the page, in the name of Rav Yochanan. You can't say both things. You can't say that Mikol Makom, whatever the changes are, you have to give it back. And then at the same time, a Stam Mishnah, which Rav Yochanan also holds like, that if you dye it, then that's enough of a change that you can't give the reishi sagez. Amar lu, ahumi that really is only a rabbinic injunction. The Rav Yaakov, uh, that was the, the Rav Yaakov Shemeng. Uh, sorry, let me read that again. Amar lehu ahu midirabbanon. One of the rabbis said, Rav Yaakov Shemeng, his name was Rav Yaakov. Ledidi mifr shalim ined Rav Yochanan. I heard an answer about this exact question from Rav Yochanan. Yegon shegazal eitzim meshupin ve'asan kelim dehavalei shinu echozer lebriyaso. He gives the distinction that we mentioned previously, and that is that if it's a shinui hachoser libriyoso, then that doesn't even count. And that was the previous case that we were discussing. That's when he says, mikol makom, you always have to give it back. So again, think about Legos. It's choser libriyoso, take all the pieces apart. I, you bought the package for $39.99, and now the package is worth $69.99 because you made it into a whole Gantz castle. doesn't matter. Because it's choser libriyoso, you have to give it back, mikol makom. If it were to have been a different case, if it were to have been the case of Tzavo, then you'd be Pater, because that we presume in within Rav Yochanan's understanding that it was permanent. So that was what the Gemara says, I stole wood that was sanded, meaning plywood. It's like fixed pieces of wood. The Brisa teaches us a quarter of the way down, kind of blending into a new sugya and a complex sugya as follows. If you have a thief, Umalve ribis, people who lend with interest, Sheikh Ziru, uh, and uh, now they feel like they want to do tshuva, so they uh, want to be machzir, that which they stole. The Gemara says that when they try to give it back, you should not, says the Gemara, you should not receive what they're trying to give back. Yes, they stole from you. And yes, they're malve ribis, and they're trying, when they try to give back, 
then no, you're not supposed to do that. If I'm trying to give back the ribbis I stole, you're not Makabal. And not only that, when the person is trying to do tshuva, and I try to facilitate that by taking back what they stole from him, the Chachamim are not happy with you. This is actually a machlokas, what these words mean. It typically means the way I just translated it, that the Chachamim are not happy with you. Rashi here has a little bit of a cryptic comment. Take a look at Rashi 10 lines down. Rashi says, Rashi says, I don't know. It's definitely different. It's not a question of the Chachamim not, be happen, not being happening, happy with you. It seems to be um, a direct criticism of you. And the Gilyon Ashas over here picks up on this. I didn't look this up, but there is a Tosvus Yom Tov in Masechus Avos that speaks about the difference between the typical understanding of Ein, cha, ein Ruach Chachamim no Menu and what Rashi says. Amar of Yochanan, Bimei Rebbe Nishnes Mishnazu. This Mishnah that I that we just learned, the Brisa about the Gazlanim and the Malvei Ribis, was taught in the times of Rebbe. How do we know the Tanya? One third of the way down. There was a man. He was a petty thief. His whole house was filled with uh, stuff that he stole from neighbors, and uh, he wanted to do tshuva. Amar Ishta, his wife said to him, Reka, you empty one. You've been a thief your whole life. If you decide to do tshuva, your belt that's holding up your pants is not yours either. You're going to return everything that you stole. And uh, in the end, he ended up not doing tshuva. At that time, Amru, the Chachamim taught us, if you have a thief or someone who lends with ribas, who try to return that which they stole. You should not receive it from them. That, that's because otherwise, if you if you say if you would receive it from them, they won't do tshuva. Similar as before. Says the Gemara, wait one second. I'm not sure I totally understand this then. Let me just summarize. There's a little bit of subtlety here, and that is as follows. If I'm a thief and even the belt that I'm wearing has been stolen. So if I've stolen a lot and I want to do tshuva, if I have to give back everything. I'll have nothing. So the Chachamim instituted that you, the victim from whom I stole, when I try to return it, you should say, just keep it. That's what we're talking about over here. You should not be Makabel. And if you are Makabel, then we have this, again, this cryptic line of that's what we're talking about. And the Gemara says halfway down with the Brisa Meisve. This Brisa we will see again in Masechas Bava Metziah. Let's say that a child is left as an inheritance, money, but the money was actually collected by Isser. The father lent out 1000 and he charged Rebus. He got paid back 1500 And the child got a $1,500 Yerusha with full knowledge that the or $500 of the 1500 that he has that really don't belong to him. They were really collected by Rebus. Even though the child knows that of the $1,500, 500 of it is Rebus, he has no obligation to return it. And the Gemara makes a diuk from this brisa. In who the children, the Yorshim who, the lo, they're the ones who don't have an obligation to return. But ha'avihem, but the father, chayav lahachzir. So that's a stira. You just said above that we shouldn't be taking anything from, from people when they try to return it. Over here, it seems that the father has a chayuk to return it. Which one is it? Says the Gemara, bedin hu de'avim nami enu chayav. 
Really, it should also be the case that the father also has no obligation to return it. So why then does it say in the Brisa that the children should not do the returning? Because of the extension of that Brisa in Baba Metziah. So there, the Brisa speaks about items by which the father was identified. We don't have a culture like this where everybody knows what cow you have, but there are some dogs in our community where when you see them, you're like, oh, that's this person's dog that you recognize. Or if it's a car, oh, okay, that's this person's car. There's just some items that uh, it's very clear who they belong to. They're iconic. They're descriptive of the person. Those things have to be returned. So says the Gemara, nami because in the Seifa, those items which have a unique din, that they have to be returned because everybody knows that they belong to the father. So therefore, in the Reish, it also made a reference of Biditu, but really there's no difference. Just like the, the son has no obligation to give back the $500 in ribis, so to the father also doesn't have an obligation to give it back. Says the How can you say that it's because of the covet of the father that you're obligated to return these items by which he can be identified? After all, the prince is among your nation you should not bring light to. Namely, your father didn't do something yashar. Your father stole. So why do I have to return his kavod when he did something wrong? That's not what the mitzvah of Kibbut Ava'im should be. And the Gemara says, what's the drush of Rasiv Amcha lo sa'or? amcha. When the Nasi, when the father does the right thing, he deserves kavod. But if he steals, that's not right. If he steals something and everybody knows that it belongs to somebody else, that's not the right thing. So the Gemara says, Kedamara Pinchas Bisha Elsewhere he says this, and therefore Hachanami over here to Bisha Says the Gemara, that's why we have to do this because the father did Shuba, so he now deserves kavod again. And we do apply the din of Nasi Amcha Losor because he was a, a good guy now. Says the Gemara, he asked Shuba, if in fact he did Shuba, my boy Gabe, why would the father still have the item if he did Shuba? What about the Pasuk of Heshivas like Zela Shur Gadal? Says the Gemara, he did have to give it back, but he just didn't have the opportunity to do so before he died. Sashma. People who are thieves and people who lend with interest, even though they collected, odd word, um, they should be returning them. Ask the Gemara, Gazlanim, what do you mean, my Gavu Ika? What collection are they making? If they stole it, then they're thieves. And be Ilo Gazel, Lo Gazel. So what do you mean that they're collecting things? The Gemara says eight, nine lines from the bottom of the page. When we talk about thieves, we're talking about Malve Ribis. And Afalp, that the Malve Ribis, when they were collecting the money that they lent out and the money that they brought back in as they were collecting was 50% more. So Afalp should govu machzirin. So says the Gemara, that's what we're talking about over here, that that money should be returned. Amre machzirin ve'en mekavlin mehem elalama machzirin. It's very odd. We we have a broken system. If what you're saying is that uh, is that we shouldn't receive from them, why do they have to return it? What, what is just a charade? You're going to come over to me and say, Phil, I stole your car. Here it is. And I'm just going to say, no, skip it. Skip it. It's a plus and a minus. It's, uh, it's It equals the net zero. So why are we making the guy do tshuva? So the Gemara says, because let's say, he does need to make the effort in order for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to actually accept his tshuva. You can't just sit there and keep the item. You have to make an attempt at returning it.
Tashma at the bottom of the page, six lines from the bottom, Haroin Vahagaboyim, Vahamuchosin, Chuvosin, Kosha. Umachzir and the Makirin. If you have a shepherd, you have a Gabite Staka, you have a tax collector, their chuva is very difficult. Chuvosin, Kosha. Umachzir and the Makirin. And they have to give it back to those to whom they recognize that they stole from. Amre, but it says Machzirin, that they have to return it. Vain Makabla Mehem. Oh, like we said, why are you saying these people have to do tshuva if Lamaisa, the recipients, the original owners, are not going to accept it? What's the point? And we again say that it's only to be Yotze Yidei Shamaim, so that a Kodesh Baruch who sees that you've made an effort to do tshuva. Yehachi asks the Gemara, Amai Tshuvasan Kasha. What's so difficult about doing tshuva? Go over and say, here's your item. They say, no, it's a little embarrassing, but it's not enough to say that it's tshuvas and kasha. Odin furthermore says the Gemara, Ema Sefer, the Brisa says, V'she'en makirin yase ben tzorche tzibor. Or you have to do community service. What's so difficult about that? And V'amar Avchizda, what you need to do is boroshich and umaros. The type of work that you need to do is dig pits and aqueducts to make the city a little bit uh, better in regards to, uh, to, water, to water dispersion. You're absolutely right. Perhaps this Brisa, one Brisa was talking about before the Takana, and one Brisa was talking about after the Takana. says the Gemara, two lines from the bottom. He says that perhaps when there is no item that's left anymore, which was how he understood this sugya, according to him, if he says that the item is no longer in existence, then maybe we don't have to say one is before the takana and one is after the takana, uh, the takana sarshavim. Really, the cases are different. If I have the item in my in my possession, I should return it. If I don't have the item in my possession, then I should not return it. I wait one second. What about the story we learned just a couple of minutes ago? The story of the woman who said back to her thief of a husband, but your avnate, your belt, what are you going to do? You're going to return everything? So says the Gemara, my avnate, it wasn't actually the belt. It was the May avnate. He had sold it on eBay. He had the cash in hand. That's what she was talking about. What do you mean? Every time the gzela is involved, the, the rabbis never said anything about him, and he always had to return the item as, as it was, as long as it was existence. We know that that's not true, and we've seen this numerous times in Shas already. If somebody steals a beam, the beam is in my house. I know exactly where it is. It's holding up my second floor. That if I steal a beam and I put it into my house, then... Uh, we have to pay with money. So why would you say that in general, if you have the item, it's different than if you don't? It's not true by the by the Marish. Says the Gemara, shiny awesome. That case was different. The reason why the Marish was different was because the Kevanika said the Bira, because if I were to take down that um, beam, I'd have to take apart my whole house. The beam was $20,000. The house is $500,000. And I lose all of my construction, uh, the carpet, everything. I have to start over. So therefore, Shavua Rabban and Kidolesa. The rabbis treated it as though it was that way. So therefore, according to this final approach, it seems to be that there's a difference between an item in general, an item existing and not existing, and that even when it does exist, if it, if the returning of the item that does exist is extremely destructive, we will assume it is as though it wasn't. We'll stop right here, five lines down on Sadi Hayam and Aleph, and we'll pick up Emir Tashem tomorrow night in person, wishing you all a beautiful day.